Hey, everybody, if you're looking for new fitness equipment to add to what you have and you want to find something that really complements the steel mace that you're swinging already, consider going with freedomstrength.us. They have strongman sandbags, throwing sandbags, uh, all kinds of lifting gear. They have training sandbags, resistance bands, and weight vests, and they have apparel. And if you use the discount code SMN10 at checkout, you're going to get 10% off. You're going to help support the podcast and you're going to help support a good American company right in Pennsylvania, U.S. of A. So check out freedomstrength.us. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the podcast today. My guest is Brandon LaRue, and he makes backpacks. And the backpacks are well-built kettlebell backpacks. These are designed to hold what looks like pretty heavy kettlebells that you can fit into these things. And I was really interested because these things got to be built super durable and resilient in order for you to just put a back, uh, a, um, a kettlebell in there. And then they also got to be comfortable to be able to sit on your back. Brandon, thanks for coming on the podcast. Let's talk about your invention. Yeah, man, thanks for having me on, Fred. I really appreciate it. Uh, so yeah, the kettlebell backpack. Um, it, 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 I, I've trained with kettlebells probably for the last decade of my life. Um, was a strength conditioning coach for a long time, so kind of more traditional um, collegiate approach, you know, for athletes and stuff. And uh, just as I, as I got older and started to have a family and um, got introduced to kettlebells, I just recognized the efficiency of them. And uh, just, again, efficiency, minimalism. I, I didn't have the time to spend hours in the gym anymore. So I got into kettlebell training. I think it's important to just understand that before I even get into the, the backpack. Uh, but you know, kettlebell people were, were different, kind of like the steel, you know, the steel maze community too. We're just, we're a little bit different. We're unconventional. So like when we go places, we think about, well, where am I going to train? Yeah. What am I going to bring? You know? And so I would, I would bring my kettlebell or kettlebells along and then you'd put them in the trunk of your car or truck and they'd rattle around. You'd stuff some towels and pillows around them and and pray that you didn't get in an accident and have them fly and decapitate somebody, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean, that's kind of like the, the genesis of the idea was looking for a better way to bring them places, uh, not necessarily go hiking and rucking with them, but conveniently for, for the person who's, um, you know, lives their life on the road if they're a salesperson, um, or they just like the weekend getaways, um, or they like to work out in nature and it's just a pain in the butt to farmers carry them a half a mile or two miles to the place that they want to get to. So that's where it was, it was like, excuse these flies kind of buzzing in my tower. Right are those now. lantern flies? Are they what? Are they lantern flies? Those things from China that, that are invading the country? Oh, I haven't even heard of them. I'll... Oh, you didn't know about that? No, oh. no. What, what part of the country are you in? I'm in Minnesota. Oh, okay. South. Yeah, well, hopefully yeah. you won't get them out there, but here they fly right into your mouth. That they're they're disgusting. Well, maybe because they're. I mean, we had a parade in town. We have like our town festival, and we live right on the main drag. And um, 
so our garage doors were open and we had food and people. It's not every day like this. It's just now I'm Lord of the Flies because we had food in here yesterday. And anyway, all right. Um, so back here. to the story. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So basically, just looking for a convenient thing to to carry them in, and that's where the the kettlebell backpack idea was born. And I just started, um, <clears throat> you know, bouncing ideas around with manufacturers, playing around with some prototypes, and and finally got one that, um, you know, that made enough sense to come to market with, and. It's been good so far. You know? Yeah, well, I think that this is the key element here with this is why this is actually an exciting topic. I know people are like, what the hell so exciting about a backpack? Yeah. Everybody and their mother has thought about how do I transport my weights with me, my kettlebells, my steel mace? Mm-hmm. And it's always like, oh, I'll put it in a backpack. But then reality kicks in. You realize backpacks can't carry stuff like this, especially if you're putting a kettlebell in. It, the, the weight on your shoulders, those straps dig in. They're not designed for that kind of stuff. And then they're not durable enough. The stitching's going to pop. They're going to fall apart. You're going to buy like a $60, $80, $100 backpack, and it's going to be destroyed by the end of the year. So why this is significant is because you did all the struggle. You did all the hard work to figure out how to make this thing so it actually works, and it's not just something flimsy, Right. Correct. Yeah. 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 I mean, it takes the right material and um, su- support structure underneath. And then we have a custom foam insert that hugs the kettlebell. Um, uh-huh. We've had, we've gotten some feedback from some customers who used to do what you're talking about. Yeah. Just throw it in a backpack and, and just kind of gut it out. Yeah. It like, smashes your kidneys. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, it's, you it know, bounces on your kidneys. You're trying to go on a hike and your kidneys are getting bruised basically. Yeah. Yeah, and, your and lower I, spine, and, and I, you know, I'm a dude just like you know you are, and like so we'll 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 gut things out like that long for a while, and then realize right. there's got to be a better way, right? Um, so yeah, so it's got a custom insert, so there's there's support there, so you don't feel the kettlebell when you're wearing it, and then it, you can cinch in multiple places. You can cinch down here so the weight gets up here. The padded shoulder straps. It does. What's up, everybody? Are you in the market for a new steel mace? Look no further than Adex Maces and Clubs. Go to adexclub.com, place your order, and have them delivered right to your house. Adjustable steel mace made right here in the United States. It doesn't sit, you know, like the ruckers. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not a rucker. Um, all props to the rucking community. You know, they're saying it's got to sit up higher on your back. This sits kind of like um, mid-lumbar area. It sits really comfortably, but again, it, it wasn't designed for 20 mile rucks or anything like that. You know, like you can certainly go comfortably hike um, a couple miles, go for a longer walk, but um, you know, it, it's kind of more multifaceted in its purpose. You know, yeah. Going back to the original idea of why I even made it in the first place, um, I did. You know, I did have that perspective though when when building this out that it had to be comfortable enough because there are going to be some people who have crossover interests in kettlebell training, and they want to hike with it. You know, so it's, yeah. it's been good. And and the other thing too is even if you only use it, I would like somebody like me, I would probably use that bag once in a while only right. because I'm not always going for hikes, but I've. Just like you said before, if I'm going to go for a hike, there's places where I know where I would go. It would be an uphill climb, which is great. That's what you want. It hits your legs. 
But the last thing I want to do is carry it like a 53-pound kettlebell and from one arm to the other. By the time I get up there, I'm not going to have anything to actually move my arms. I'm going to yeah. be shot. And so That's what's small. the point? So this keeps your arms fresh. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is if I have the bag – and I'm not using it for kettlebells. I'll use it for other stuff. I'll use it to put my groceries in. I'll put books in it. Well, you know, I carry around books with me wherever I go, you know? So it's yeah. obviously it's a backpack. You can use it for whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, the the, the insert, you know, there's a strapping system in there that really hugs the kettlebell and holds it in there nice and securely. Um, but it's removable, you know? So, I mean, okay. if you're not bringing your kettlebell someplace and you just want to use it as a regular high quality military grade like backpack you you know you're flying somewhere and you don't want to bring your kettlebell because there's going to be kettlebells there whatever right yeah it's just, it's just a great backpack um it does have a um hydration bladder holder system in there too if you want to you know for those people that want to oh you could you could fit a bladder in there yeah yeah it's got the holder it doesn't come with a bladder but it's got the holder and it's got a you know um an opening for the Hose to come out for people. Oh, that is good for you to come up with that. That's a huge thing because I I use a bladder. I mountain bike with it. I go snowboarding with it. I go hiking with it. Um, when I used to cut my own lawn before I got a landscaper, I would wear my bladder. So, so why, you know, like if you have to wear a backpack and you can't wear your bladder, it's like, well, yeah, where am I going to put my water now? You yeah. can fit it all in one spot. And what's great about that is it adds a little weight to it. So on your way up, but as you're drinking it, it gets a little lighter. So, you know, it's yeah. great for a workout. So that's an ingenious idea right there. Thank you. Where, where are you from, by the way? What part of the country? New Jersey, where okay. we don't really have mountains. They they're the oldest mountains, but they're all worn down to the nub now. But uh, <laughs> we have we have some decent elevation. But I also go up to Vermont. I go up to New York State. Sure. Uh, so there's great hiking, and that's what I'm saying. Uh, I've thought about it a million times. Like, it would be great to hike up a trail and just do a little workout with a kettlebell and a mace. Now, what I would do, because I have your backpack, I would put it on, put the kettlebell in there, and I'd be able to like, actually carry my mace in my hand. Because my yeah. mace is only going to be like maybe I'll bring a, a 10 or a 15 with me. Yeah. And you could throw that over your shoulder and shoulder it. And then just that's it. And then that would be very comfortable. Plus, you got your water back there. And I assume you got little pockets. You could put snacks and things oh, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's self-contained. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't see where there would be a problem with that. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. So can you hold up uh, the backpack and let us take a look at it? Yeah, yeah. Let me just... I'll put these down real quick. All right. And that's your, your gym right there, which I can see tons of kettlebells. I see sandbags. That's uh, the well-built uh, headquarters, right? Yeah, that's right, man. It serves a lot of purposes from my media to distributing these as well as some other things. All right. So, there, I mean, you, and, and you got kids, so like it's my kid's playroom too. Yeah. Uh, and it's so where this, you hide from your kids. It's where I also hide. This was the first. This was the first model. Yeah. Um, and we just made some enhancements to it, and this is what we currently have. And we got some other colors coming down the pipe. That one's great. cool right there with camo. I love camo. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, What's the logo you have? So well-built kettlebell backpack, and it says in smaller printing there. Take your training with you. So it's got kind of that kettlebell and the compass 
you know, where you can basically take your training wherever you want to go. Yeah. That's cool. Take it with you, right? Now that's pretty large too. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, it it wears well. Let's see if I can do this while staying plugged in with my headphones, Fred. Yeah, and I see you have the waist strap, so now you're going to distribute the load onto your hips. Correct. Yep. And it's got the chest strap too. The biggest thing people need to understand too is you is you really. Um, actually, I should have done this this way first. Is strap down here. Sometimes I have to coach people through this when they get the kettlebell backpack. It's like, look, you can strap down here. That really brings the load up higher. And then, yeah, the waist absorbs some of that. Yeah. And obviously, I don't have a kettlebell in it right now. But. Okay. Yeah. So it doesn't sit right on the low back. I mean, it sits kind of mid lumbar. And it's quite comfortable. I mean, I've. You know, I mean, if people are really rucking or even hiking, how many people actually bring even a 53 with them? Not too many. Yeah. I you think know, like, rucking, like, they're doing 30 pounds. Like, right. that's considered a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I'll do when I – because where I live in southeast Minnesota, I, I'm a big bow hunter. I love to – I'm a big outdoorsman. So when I go scouting, like, even I'll do this today, I'm going to go put up some trail cams. But it's really bluff country. It's the driftless region, so the glaciers didn't hit this area. So it's really up and down. So I'll be hiking, and, and I'll just bring a 35. And that, <laughs> that'll torch you up and yeah. down those bluffs. So a little bit about – so you're a hunter, um, and you go I, – I assume you have a lot of open territory. You go out far. You're, you're kind of far away uh, from your truck. Yeah. Yeah. So sure. when you when you get a deer or do you get elk too? No, no, mainly whitetail. Okay. Yep. So how much meat do you get off of um, a good sized deer? Whitetail? I mean, you could get 30, 40 pounds off of a whitetail. All and, right. And then and you got to carry all that back, right? Uh, it's a. I mean, it's not that far where you got to like quarter them out like you would if you're, okay. if you're elk hunting and you're miles out and an elk is just a you know almost probably eight to ten times the size of a whitetail um, wow, in, that in big. Weight. yeah wow. yeah i mean they'll be 800 a thousand pounds an, an elk and then a whitetail you know a large whitetail buck is 200 pounds okay um, yeah that, and that's a big one a lot of them are you know 160 175 pounds and then when you dress them, I mean, you, then you dress them, you know, and you get the guts and stuff out of there. That takes 30, 40 pounds off. And then you usually just drag it. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, you, you call a buddy up and you drag it to your truck. Yeah. And then you hang them because it's usually cool outside. And then um, either bring it to a meat processor or you do it yourself. Yeah. Um, so it's not quite as involved as an elk or a moose or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm interested. I'm actually thinking about uh, hooking up with people and learning how to hunt and everything like that. Um, it's a, it's it's a shame that I never did because I'm actually like an outdoors guy. I just never had like strong influences. Um, yeah. You know, people teaching me how to hunt, and now I'm looking at it as as like a vital skill. And I think it's something that every man should actually do, and I should learn. I should. Yeah. Learn. Yeah. I mean, it's um, you know to your point. I grew up with it, and I mean, I just live in an area where it's 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 pretty, 
um, you know, popular. I don't know if that's the word. It's just, it's ingrained. A normal in, way of life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just it's generationally, it's just passed passed down. And I just happen to be blessed to live in an area where hunting, fishing, I mean, it's a Mecca where I live. Yeah. Um, and, and, and conservative, like, you know, the conservationist, um, like it's a, it's a vital part of keeping, you know, um, the, the area beautiful and, and keeping the animals healthy. I mean, right. they, they get so overpopulated if there wasn't any, um, you know, hunting oh, like yeah. yourself. I, you know, well, that, I'm here, uh, Jersey Shore, and um, the deer population here has exploded. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, built up suburbs. We literally have deer in our yard all day. I, we were just out the front the other day, uh, yesterday actually, there was a fox and a deer across the street staring at each other <laughs> in broad daylight. And then there was, and I didn't even see to my left, literally on my front lawn, two deer just eating, could care less about me. Yeah. So that's not healthy. That You shouldn't be seeing deer all over your yard all day long. And yeah. people are hitting the deers yeah. and they're, you know, right? It's, it's a big problem. So yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. All right, so I don't want to get off track here. We could talk about uh, hunting another time, but, um, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I wanted to just talk about it a little bit because I know people uh, want to be healthy and fit when they hunt, and they got to be able to hike in and out and everything. Correct. So on the off-season, I could see, you know, where your backpack could come in handy. A, a hunter can, you know, do what he does, like you just said, go out, hit the trail, mark the, mark the area, figure out where you want to hunt. But at the same time, you're hiking with some weight on your back, which yeah. is which is you know going to simulate bringing your uh, the meat out with you after you hunt, and then of course you're going to get some swings in or whatever you want to do, some cleans, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's just like it's just being efficient, right? Like you only got so many hours in the day, and if you like, you know, you said mentioned you have kids, you have family. It's like if I if I can kill two or three birds with one stone, man, I'm I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's funny, you know, you, because in the beginning, when you were talking about how you have kids, I started smiling because I know exactly what, what you went through. Your brain went through this process where you're like, Hey, you know, I got kids and they're like playing soccer right now. I could be using a kettlebell or something. Yeah. And your brain just starts working. Like, well, how do I bring my stuff with me? Because, you know, I'm going to, so, I mean, I've been on the beach before. And I'm working out with a sandbag, and everybody's just laying around staring at me. Yeah. And I'm like, I, look, I'm with my family. They're in the water. I'm throwing a sandbag around, and my workout's done for the day. Yep. It's awesome. It is. And yeah. it, I mean, and um, I, there's a lot of topics and rabbit holes I'm sure we could go down, but I, it's just so important for that younger generation to, uh, for us to model it as, yeah. as men and women, you know, moms and dads, to, to show it, to, to not just say, little Johnny, you need to work out. I mean, th that advice is horrible. I mean, it's just a hypocrisy for, and, and I coach, I coach year round. I coach wrestling, I coach football. Oh, wow. And, and I coach baseball. So like I'm around these kids all the time and, um, and, and you know, enthusiastic parents who are well-intended, you know, telling little Johnny and little Jackie that they need to be working out all the while they don't. Yeah, it's just it, it, it breaks my heart because I'm like, gosh, that kid. I get him, and, and if I get a chance to work with them, you know, because I do some a little some some coaching in the community, you get an hour with them, and then the next, other 23 hours they're with another influence who doesn't necessarily model what you're hoping they can pick up. So it's so important for moms and dads to understand the weight of that responsibility for that next generation to be healthier than than our generation, because our generation, as you know, 
isn't doing a great job. Nah, so. exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. Do you think that? Um, do you think that it, like the kids look at it like when a parent is like sitting around and like you know I'm probably having drinks or whatever and eating bad food and they're like, oh, you got to work out. Do you think that they're just in their head saying, ah, they're full of shit. You know, this is, or or do you think they listen a little bit? Like, like how yeah. bad do you think it is? Um, I don't think that their their brains quite grasp the depth of it like you and I do. You know, um, as they get older, and you know, and and they become adolescents and they become huge smartasses. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, th I think they see that big time, and 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 they'll rebel hard. Right. Uh, when they're young, I think they just they just do what their parents do. Right. It's just it's mo the modeled behaviors is, is what they do. You know. So, yes. Right. So if dad smokes and drinks all the time, that yep. that little athlete, when he hit, becomes an adolescent, the first thing he's going to do is start smoking and drinking, which I know it sounds like they're not rebelling. They're actually doing, but they're rebelling against the words that the parents are saying, but yes. they're modeling the actions. Yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, I can, I can relate to that myself, you know, and, and during that time frame in my, my life where I was actually pretty straight and narrow. I managed to um, kind of stay free and clear of drugs and alcohol in my during my high school days. But then when I got to college and was um, playing sports and stuff, I, I kind of, you know, I, I used that as, a, as an excuse to like, well, now I can. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it was like it was like game on. And 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 I'm not just saying this to like. Uh, make a particular point other than I remember thinking to myself in that stage of life that um, it was okay because my folks, my aunts and uncles, my whole family tree does it. So it's like, yeah. I, I mean, that, that actually was part of the decision-making process to do it. It's like, well, it must be okay. Yeah. You know, I don't know if I'm making any sense there. <laughs> yeah, no, that totally makes sense because that's how we're wired. We're wired to like kind of rewrite the story so it fits the narrative that we want right yes yeah yeah so i mean this is a that's a thing that's a whole interesting topic you, people could delve into we could do a whole podcast about that but yeah. where when now you went so you went to college and um and i guess uh like everybody else you've been working and doing your thing but were you always an inventor did you always um try to come up with new devices or redesign I, stuff yeah i mean i guess i've kind of I, I wouldn't say i was always an inventor i was always thinking you know of ideas and i guess i'm you know there's an entrepreneur entrepreneurial spirit in me like i've i've kind of in the last decade of my life i've been in business for myself um so it was in like supplement sales i was doing that for um 10 years and it went really well uh and then yeah, just always thinking of better ways to do something or, or a gadget gizmo. Um, I'm just not, I'm not corporately wired, you know, like yeah. I, I kind of love the idea of, of, of making my own way and, and and in that process providing value into into the world. Um, so. so was it difficult to get this backpack designed? Um, because I would assume you got to find the right people to first introduce the idea to, and then you got to go back and forth. 
with things, right? You got to understand the material. Was there any yeah. difficulties there? I mean, yeah, yeah, there was, but um, I'm not. I think it's just all a matter of perspective. You know what I mean? Like, I'm kind of an eternal optimist, so I'm kind of like, you know, this is going to work out. You know, and then you just, um, it, 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 you know, the thing is, I'm not. Re I don't rely on this business to um, pay my bills. It, it's kind of a passion business. And actually, I have another one of those too, completely separate. Uh, but so I have kind of my main uh, business, well, is well built humans, which is more training, nutrition, and stuff like that. And then this is kind of an offshoot, well built kettlebells. So I, oh. I don't, I don't stress out a ton about it because, like, it's paying my bills and it's keeping the lights on and it's feeding my kids. So it's just like it's in my um, discretionary time I can pour into it. Um, so I think that's important just because when, when a obstacle does come up, I'm not like super stressed about it. I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's, cause case in point, well-built kettlebell started out as a kettlebell company. So like I, I had a foundry that was local to me and we were making kettlebells because it was right before the pandemic. Um, and there was that huge equipment shortage. And, um, so we had American made kettlebells and I had them made locally. And it was kind of a handshake deal with this foundry guy and he quickly started becoming my competition uh -huh. um you know like i had to i had to explain to him what a kettlebell was and i helped him design it but he owned the molds um, that was kind of the the partnership and but then he, yeah he started competing against me and then wanted my marketing advice and i'm not like a marketing expert i'm i'm savvy but and guess because we were charging more because we were providing a bunch of value to our customer base you know like kettlebell training education stuff like that right and he was just selling iron and so he was wondering how we were able to charge that and get that price and and i told him look I can't, i'm not going to give you marketing advice you're my competition now like and he didn't like that so he he priced me out where i couldn't even afford to buy it to have them made anymore and I'm like, shoot, I thought I was dead in the water. I thought, well, well, what kettlebells was dead. And I'm like, and, and don't get me wrong. I was, I was pretty, I was pretty upset about it, you know, for about 48 hours. And I'm like, you know what? You just got to pivot. You just got to find another way. And, and the reality, um, is when you're dealing in iron and stuff, I didn't know this until I went through this experience. It's just race to the bottom in price. The margins aren't yeah. great anyways. Um, unless you're maybe a big outfit, you know, you, like I'm a small, very small outfit. I don't have the, the, the capital to buy, you know, hundreds and hundreds of units to get my price down. So it was probably a blessing in disguise and it just forced me to think, okay, where can I provide value in these communities without necessarily competing directly, you know, like, Hey, my kettlebell is better than your kettlebell, Fred. Oh, you know, my yeah. grip diameter is, you know, blah, blah, blah. My, the grade of iron that I use is better than yours. <laughs> like, you know, it's at some point it's like people really don't care all that much. No. Nah. So that's, you know, and when the, when the backpack idea came about, I'm like, you know what, this is something that could benefit all of the kettlebell people. Yes. You know? Yeah. So I'm like, that's that's the home run in my in my eyes is that and then education and, and and we'll come up with some some more kettlebell programs this has kind of been my emphasis for the last year has been the backpack 
and then some other um, inserts and stuff that uh, people that carry steel clubs, there's going to be an insert. Like, um, is it going to be like how, like almost like an egg carton where it slips into yeah. slots? Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. That's... It, yep. So it's just, and it would just be an, an add on or um, in my, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm not, I'm not well versed in steel clubs or steel, steel mace yet. Um, I'm, I'm playing around with them and maybe we can talk about that, but most people I would assume, and I've seen like that use steel clubs also use kettlebells. Mm -hmm. So it's an easy add on, uh, and a, and a cheap add on for the, for the backpack. Or, I mean, if someone is hardcore steel club and they don't use kettlebells, they could just buy the kettlebell backpack and get that insert instead. Um, and then we're working on a steel mace, uh, contraption too, that, um, might double as a like a, a carrier slash throw your yoga mat in there. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's, those are good ideas. I like the idea of buying the backpack and then you could get the insert because I use kettlebells, I use I use clubs, and um, if I'm going on a, like a hike or something, I probably would just want to just bring one thing. If I was traveling, maybe for an extended period, I would want to have more stuff with me. Um, so, you know, I mean, it all, it all kinds of depends, but I mean, yeah. having, being able to go either or, or, or whatever is, is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, that's, I think that's the biggest problem. Like a kettlebell, it's got that round bottom. It sits right in the back. The problem that I've seen people like they've, I've, I've tried it. I've had backpacks where I've stuffed, uh, clubs and they do move around and then they kind of, you know, they're so they're more pointed at the bottom and they have kind of like a, like a rounded edge. That's all wear and tear inside the bag. That'll go, that'll find a corner and it'll sit in the corner. And while you're walking, it'll just rub and rub and yeah. rub. Yeah. And there's not, so you, so like you, like you said earlier, you got to come up with something like, um, put towels in there, wrap everything up so they don't clank around and, yeah. you know, and that's, and it never is perfect. It yeah. never works right. You know, and then you're hiking around with a, with bars of steel that are just slapping back and forth. And it's, it's annoying. Nobody wants to hear metal banging when you're on a nature hike, right? Yeah, yeah, you want to be right. able to hear the grizzly bear coming for you. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, so that's, a, you know, uh, just a couple other things that I've been working on. And just and that's just, again, that's just uh, creatively thinking of ways that could help that, you know, those communities um, just have a little more convenience, I guess, in bringing their tools out, out about and out in nature and, um, and just, you know, from a business standpoint, just provide, a, you know, more offering to, for our brand. How do people, uh, get in touch with you? How do they order from you? And, um, you know, what's your, all your social media, your contact info and everything? Wellbuiltkettlebells.com is, is our site. And, all our social media too is if you were to go to Facebook, it's well-built kettlebells. If you go to Instagram, it's well-built kettlebells. So it's pretty straightforward to get in touch with us. Um, you know, all of our, we do ship internationally as well in, in certain locations, um, Australia, Canada, Germany. Uh, we can do it anywhere. Um, I just, it's just the settings 
you know, I just have to, if a new person from a different country, which this is how it's grown to all these different countries, is someone from Germany reaches out on Instagram and asks, do you ship to Germany? I'm like, well, not through the site yet, but I can set that up. Or I, you just do a custom PayPal invoice and you can do it that way anywhere in the world. So um, obviously, you know, shipping to those areas is, gets a little expensive. But. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, but people anywhere in the world can order your product. They may just have to go a little bit more in depth with you personally, reach out and kind of customize how it gets, get, how it gets to them. Yeah. Just cause yeah. you need to quote the shipping right. to, to certain areas. I mean, I think Australia, we have sold multiple to Australia and, and that's just validating of, of our idea. I can see that they go on walkabouts. Yeah, I mean, and then the, the whole, I mean, I haven't been to Australia, but, you know, all the beaches, like, like if I lived on the, on a coast, I would think it'd be so perfect to be able to throw that thing in your backpack, take it to your favorite spot on the beach or yes. lookout point. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I live six miles from the beach and the clubs, mace and kettlebells is what you want on the beach. And it's like, I still got, I got a park, right? And I got to walk all the way down. And it's a pain in the ass carrying all your stuff with you. So you're only going to maybe bring one thing, a mace, a club, a kettlebell. But I want more. I want to I do like a full one-hour workout. So I want to have my mace there. I want to have like two kettlebells. You know, I want to be able to do kettlebell swings, but I also want to – I might want to do cleans or something, right? Mm -hmm. So how are you supposed to carry all that? I could make my nine-year-old carry something, but you know, she's not going to be happy with me. Right. No. <laughs> so the, the backpack saves the day. And since it has the water bladder in it, you can bring a whole thing of water with you, mm -hmm. which you know when you go work out, you, you're chugging a gallon, right? Especially if you're on the beach. You're sweating your ass off. Yeah. And you need a ton of water. So that, that's eight pounds of water right there in that gallon container. Right. So where are you supposed to carry that? So that's back there. Your kettlebell is back there. Now you can hold uh, a mace and a club or whatever. Yeah. You got you're self-contained. You're you're a friggin' tactical warrior. <laughs> yeah. People might look at you funny, but we're used to that anyways. Right. Yes. Good. Let them look. Maybe maybe they'll uh, they'll throw the cigarettes away. They'll throw the donuts away and they'll join you. You know, yeah. Yeah. Like, look at this guy. Look at this girl. I got to figure it out, man. I think right. I got to figure it out myself. Right. Hopefully. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So and now uh, you're on Instagram and Real briefly before we go, sure. um, so it's well built kettlebells on on Instagram, but you also have uh, another like partition to your business. You said well built humans. Humans, yep. Is that on Instagram too? It is. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well built humans. Everything's everything I do is well built. So I <laughs> supplements, well built supplements. You know, like <laughs> you have that too. Yeah, that's more of an extension of well-built humans. It's, they can all be kind of found in there. Too. Oh, okay. I was unaware of that. I'm sorry. I would have, um, I should have done more research, but I was oh, just so I, fixated on the on the back. Yeah, man, you're good, Fred. You're good. I, I you know, I was, you know, that the, the whole steel mace thing. Like, I was, um, if we had more time, would pick your brain more on that. Just, um, I've just had a lot. I've had some elbow issues recently, so I'm just looking. Again, pivoting, just like when you when you come up with some adversity with a business, you pivot, and with yeah. training, you pivot. Yeah, you know, actually, uh, that 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 what you said earlier about that, I would have been so disheartened, and the fact that you were able to pivot and do it with a smile on your face, 
I, I would really like to actually have you come back on the podcast to just talk about that mindset, you know, just to share that mindset because a lot of people suffer defeat all the time. Mm -hmm. And we all know, we all talk tough. I talk tough all the time. I say, failure's good, man. You want to fail because then you know that the next time you're going to come back stronger. But that's a, that's a lot of talk most of the time because when yeah. you fail, it hurts. You put a lot of effort in. And it sounded like you had like a really cool thing going on with this with this uh, foundry. Mm -hmm. I would love to have a foundry. I would be making mace and everything like that. So I could I could just kind of relate to how that must have felt. Um, and everybody's been through COVID, and they all have had to do a pivot. And everybody's worn down to the bone and everything. And I would yeah. love to hear what your mindset is and. Um, if you could collect your thoughts on that and then hit me up when you're ready to go, well, I'll get you right back on and we'll do it again. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. I would love and honor to be, to do that. There's, I think everyone's got some unique perspectives and stories and, and, and I'm one of them too. Um, I think we can all learn from that and I'd be happy and honored to be, you know, that voice, um, here in the near future, man. I appreciate it. I, I would appreciate it too. And I think the listeners would as well. So I guess we'll hang it up. If you want to talk uh, about steel maze training, we could do it off air. Uh, I'm available yeah. to talk, whatever. Sure. Um, and uh, everybody, take a take a look at well built kettlebells, well built humans, well built sup well built supplements. Uh, everything's well built with Brandon here, which is which is very very high pressure for you now. You're always well built. So <laughs> yeah, wherever right. you go, you got to present well built. Otherwise, yeah. people are going to doubt you. Game on, man. <laughs> you got to be on your game. <laughs> That's right. You got you got to live in those shoes now, my man. Yeah, man. All right. Thanks for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. This was a great one. Thanks for uh, tuning in, everybody. We'll see you at the next one. All right, brother. Thank you. All right.